This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is a WTOP original podcast. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. U.S. authorities say hackers from the government of China are embedding themselves in critical infrastructure to be able to essentially shut down everything from communications to energy to transportation, even water systems. So what we're most concerned about is that if the People's Republic of China and its leadership decided that the time came to execute these uh, uh, operations, they're not focused solely on political or military targets. We can see from what they're positioning themselves to do that there's provision on civilian infrastructure. So the impact is potentially to the American population. Coming up on this episode, From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. There is a new cybersecurity threat, and before you roll your eyes and go, why am I listening to this? Let me tell you. It's called Volt Typhoon. It's being sponsored, and this is according to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and multiple other federal government agencies. It's being sponsored by the Chinese government to disrupt critical infrastructure sectors such as communications, utilities, energy, and transportation. And here's the part to pay attention to. In the continental and non-continental United States. And what we're hearing about this threat is that it's designed to, at some point, and at the Chinese government's will, to be able to put the U.S. in the dark, to shut down everything in case they're in a conflict a military conflict or cyber conflict with the U.S. at some point in the future. About a week ago, I spoke with Andrew Scott. He's the Associate Director for China Operations for CISA about this serious problem. You all delivered a cybersecurity advisory today, February 7th, um, because you have assessed that the People's Republic of China has um, cyber actors that are seeking to pre-position themselves uh, on IT networks in the U.S., I suppose, linked to the U.S., for disruptive or destructive cyber attacks against U.S. critical infrastructure in the event of a major crisis or conflict with the United States. Can you first summarize how you arrived at that um, that language, that summary uh, there? Sure. So CISA has long been concerned and the government has long been concerned about the breadth and depth of the People's Republic of China targeting of the United States uh, for cyber espionage and um, economic advantage. 
What we've seen more recently that although has been a shift and an evolution in sort of the kinds of targets and things that we've seen. And so based on our information, both across US government as well as our engagement with industry, what we've identified is targeting and compromise of critical infrastructure that has no intelligence value. Uh, that at the end of the day are entities that in the United States that provide critical services to the public. And so we're deeply concerned about sort of the nature of the threat. And that's why we issued the advisory today to raise, uh, uh, increase attention and raise awareness and drive urgent action. So how long have you been watching these 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 actors? Or a better question would be, how long have they been inside U.S. systems? So we've, uh, for the last number of years, have been concerned about what we believe is the strategic intent, uh, as evidenced by the Director of National Intelligence's unclassified annual threat assessment last year, where she talked about the goal of pre-positioning to be able to uh, disrupt political decision-making in the United States and disrupt our military mobilization. What we've seen now, though, is that we've confirmed those compromises in our critical infrastructure based on uh, scissors, incident response, and hunt activities. And in the course of conducting those activities, when we're investigating the intrusion, we've determined that in some cases, they've gone back at least five years. Uh, so the breadth of targeting goes back a number of years. And that, again, is part of the reason why we're so concerned, because this is something that is not just recent. It's been underway for, for some time. Can you give us a sense of how far along they might be in their objective to essentially, as you said, preposition themselves to launch these destructive or disruptive attacks in the event of a major crisis or conflict with the U.S.? So what we see is um, compromises of these victims that are using uh, credentials held by the companies, by their system administrators, by users um, on the network, on the system. So anything that those administrators and those users are able to do on those network, the PRC actors are able to do as well. And so that could range from changing user accounts all the way to if an administrator is able to change the way a critical infrastructure service is delivered, they could do that as well. Um, so I think what I would say is what we're deeply concerned about is that fact, right? That they are prepositioned, that they have that ability. They have not chosen to employ it, but if they chose to do so, it is available to them. And what systems have they targeted, to your knowledge? Uh, sure. So we've been able to confirm compromises by these actors in multiple critical infrastructure organizations across the United States. It's primarily been in the communications, energy, transportation, and water sectors. But we believe that given that uh, our understanding of what the goals here are, which is to disrupt military mobilization, uh, and still potentially even go so far as instill societal panic, that all critical infrastructure entities are potentially at risk. And so today's advisory and the guidance that we're putting out 
is an urgent call to action to all critical infrastructure owners and operators in the United States to pay attention to these risks and to take the action necessary to understand their networks and drive defensive actions. Your systems director, uh, Easterling, expressed deep concerns about what the PRC could accomplish. Uh, she's done this on a number of occasions, but uh, more recently, last week, during some congressional hearings, she talked about that concern. Can you summarize the damage that they could possibly do if they were not shut down? So what we're most concerned about is that if the People's Republic of China and its leadership decided that the time came to execute these uh, uh, operations, they're not focused solely on political or military target. We can see from what they're positioning themselves to do that they're positioned on civilian infrastructure. So the impact is potentially to the American population. And that could range from, you know, relatively localized disruption as in sort of what happens when your your power goes out in the event of a lightning strike, all the way to widespread disruptions of pipelines, of energy infrastructure, of communication. And so the impact to the American population is potentially quite severe and quite concerning. So I guess this is the key thing. How did you find out about this? I mean, I know this goes back a while, and there probably there probably was a bunch of connecting the dots over the years, but how did you arrive at this bigger picture that you have now? So, as you said, it's been over the course of a number of years that the U.S. government has been focused on, on these issues. Um that said, what I would say has been one of the biggest evolutions of the U.S. government and our approach to cybersecurity is the public-private partnership that we have with industry um, through uh, entities like CISO's Joint Cyber Defense Collaborative, where we're working every day with industry partners to understand potential risk and to ensure that we know what they're seeing and they know what we're seeing. And in the course of that, uh, some of our partners uh, have identified their own activity of concern, whether or not it's they're watching the infrastructure that the PRC is using or other kinds of things. And through that aggregate set of information, we were able to determine that there were potential victims out there, go out and engage with those victims directly and uncover not just the concern of risk, but the fact that these entities had been compromised. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. What what are these actors doing now? I'm pretty sure they may know that you're on to them now, if for no other reason than they watch American media. And I'm wondering, do you see any response from them? 
So I think we should fully expect that these actors uh, are monitoring for sort of what activities we are undertaking to try and defend against their um, their actions. But what we're most concerned about is that uh, they're not going to stop. That this is a stated goal, a stated objective for the PRC to target our critical infrastructure. And as Director Easterly said la last week, we're concerned that what we've found so far may just be the tip of the iceberg in terms of risk across our critical infrastructure and to the American people. So that's why we're working urgently with all of our partners across government, across industry, to identify where these risks are and to evict these actors from our critical infrastructure. And we work every day uh, to do that. So can you give us a sense of what it is on a daily basis that CISA does um, apart and aside and separately from this to maintain that high state of readiness so that if this or any other actor, whether it's a nation state or a smaller or anything in between comes along to keep you prepared and keep you ready and keep you on track, what exactly are your daily operations like? So uh, we have an organization of thousands of human beings dedicated to the protection of the American people, and we work across the board, across all of our missions uh, to do that. As it relates to this specific kind of threat, um, we do everything from incident response uh, and engagement with victims, which is how we found this activity, to uh, working on a voluntary basis and partner with companies to help them understand vulnerabilities and weaknesses that they may have in their networks and systems through things like the free services that we offer in vulnerability scanning, where we can provide alerts to companies to say, you have this potential risk and here's what you might be able to do to patch it. We also issue guidance, things like our cybersecurity performance goals, which are the baseline set of activity that all entities can take to drive risk reduction and cybersecurity steps um, in, their, in their networks and across their companies. And finally, um, we have uh, our hundreds of civil uh, personnel deployed um, around the country, our physical security advisors and our cybersecurity advisors that work with the local entities in their region to help build awareness, to help drive remediation, uh, and to help really ensure that we as a nation are resilient and prepared in the event of the risk that we face. I know this may sound a little simplistic or maybe even silly, but um, you're talking about companies and major organizations here and um, very large corporate and you know government agencies but there are people that work at all of these organizations um, who have their own, we all have our own little cybersecurity net networks and connections at home. Does this concern apply to the average person as well as industry and business and, and government? So what I would say is that it applies to the average person and the average citizen in the sense of, if you think about the kinds of services that you rely on every day, whether it be power delivery, whether it be communications um, and you know your ability to call your spouse from home on the way to work, uh, whether it be the water that gets supplied to you um, at your home, 
all of us rely on these critical services in the United States to maintain our standard of living and our way of life. And so the risks there are not necessarily the immediate risk to, you know, my identity is going to be stolen, but it is the risk to your ability to be um, safe and secure as a citizen of the United States. Andrew, that's brilliant. You know, not to say that you you haven't done that before and that you're not always brilliant because, you know, the, the work that you guys do has to be cutting edge and you have to be forward leaning. But, you know, that is a really a bit scary, but it's also very apropos to put into context for the average listener and viewer why this is important. Because if you wake up and your phone's not working, your bank account, you can't get to it. You know, you can't call the fire department if you need it. You can't move around. You know, if I'm not mistaken, those are all the things that you guys think that maybe the Chinese, uh, the, the, these Chinese actors, the PRC, is attempting to try to impact in the case of a conflict with the U.S. Is that right? That, that's exactly correct. Yeah, so this is perfectly in line with what we were thinking may be the concern. Is there something that you would add to this conversation that I haven't asked you about that you think is important as you continue to contextualize and put into and, and, and basically put this out there for people to understand and absorb it? Sure. So thanks for that question. I think a couple of points here. The first is that the threat and the risks that we face are real. It is not theoretical. And that we at CISA, with our partners, across the U.S. government and with industry are working urgently to reduce these risks to the American people and our national security every day. And so the advisories that we put out today are a key part of that and part of what we see as an urgent call to collective action. And so specifically, a couple of things that I just would like to highlight, you know, every victim of a cyber incident should report it to Scissor FBI every single time. Because a threat to one is a threat to many. Cybersecurity is national security, and our ability to take action to reduce risk is benefits from our ability to understand what's happening. Second, every critical infrastructure entity should establish a relationship with their local CISA team. Um, those entities around the country and individuals around the country that I mentioned earlier, and enroll in the free services that we have particularly in our vulnerability scanning program, which allows us to help companies identify and repair the defects and vulnerabilities that are being exploited by these actors to target our critical infrastructure. Third, every critical infrastructure entity should use these services along with the cybersecurity performance goals I mentioned and the many advisories, not just the ones that we published today, to drive the necessary investments in hygiene, including throughout the supply chain that's managed. Um, every critical infrastructure entity needs to double down on their commitment to resilience. As we just discussed, what we're talking about is disruption of services to the public. So these entities need to expect and prepare for attacks and test and exercise the continuity of their system to ensure they can operate in the face of degradation or disruption and that they continue, can continue to provide those services to the American people. And then finally, every technology manufacturer must build, test, and ship products that are secure by design and by default. In many cases, what we're seeing is that the, these POC actors 
are exploiting defects in technology product. And it's a shocking anomaly. And we need to move to a future that's underpinned by security and that customers and citizens can rely on the technology that they use every single day and know it's secure from the get-go. So just emphasize those points to your listeners as action and thing that we believe should be taken today. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode. Recently, former President Donald Trump, who's running for re-election, said if NATO countries don't pay up, then he'll just say to Russia, have at it. Do whatever you want to these NATO countries. Uh, everyone that I know um, is outraged by the comment. That's Kurt Volker, the former U.S. ambassador to NATO. And NATO countries are speaking out. Rest assured that NATO uh, is uh, uh, militarily uh, stronger than it, uh, it has ever been. Christian Prik is Estonia's ambassador to the U.S. And, uh, and uh, there is no doubt whatsoever uh, when it comes to uh, the individual and collective uh, commitment of NATO countries. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast.